Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning, everyone. SEN Summer Brecky on 11.70am here in Sydney as we're filling in the chairs for Vossi and Brandy. It's Trent Copeland and Michael Carianis with you Thursday, the 1st of February for the first hour MC. We're going to have SENQ 6.93am in Brizzy. Patton Heels will be coming along from 6am Queensland time. If you're listening to us across the SEN network, good morning to you. And, of course, on the SEN app. We're going to talk so much sport this morning, including Mitch Marsh's AB Medal Honour. And, MC, you haven't heard the audio yet, but the acceptance speech. The real, authentic Mitch Marsh. It was brilliant. It was hilarious. But it was also incredibly heartfelt. We'll play that out of 6.30. Steve Smith hit back at a few critics on his opening record and uh, maybe cited an average (laughs) <laughs> we might touch on that, uh, but uh, I mean, I'm not surprised the way he attacks media, um, not attacks media, but the way he goes about talking to the media, um, very pragmatic, uh, very matter of fact. <laughs> so I'm not surprised. Uh, news came through yesterday that Mal Meninga has been reappointed the Kangaroos coach. We'll get MC's thoughts on that. And Rory McElroy's change of heart over, li- or at least softening his stance on Live Golf. We're going to have later on the show, we're going to have Jared Waitley back for 2024. We'll talk cricket. We'll talk Super Bowl. He'll be over there covering the Super Bowl for SEN. The Missile, James Magnuson will be on. And Greg Chappell will also join us. Why? We'll have a bit of a chat about that a little later, maybe in the On This Day segment. But firstly, good morning, MC. How are you? Oh, good morning, Trent. I'm well. How are you? Actually, oh, I'm going well. That was very formal of you. Um... Yeah, you picked up the oh, keyboard yesterday. Yep. About time. But, Dust, dusted uh, it off. You actually have... Warmed a, up the fingers. You actually have, albeit probably the smallest real estate in the Daily Telegraph. Oh, no, what about that? Today. But uh, you got a story on Jack White and it's landed in the Telegraph. Welcome back to the living. Yes, I'm back, baby, with a... <laughs> maybe not with a bang, but... Um, yeah, it was obviously... Uh, an interesting story around Jack White. Look, I ha- hate writing and talking about Origin until, you know, round five. 
Mm. I've got this like weird, weird rule that I have during the season where I don't really talk about origin selections and the like because I think it's it's a little bit boring. Um, it's uh, a long way away. Things can change so quickly. You know, in, in the weeks leading up to it, I love it. I love the intrigue on who's going to be picked. But months out. But the reason it, it's of note is because Mike McGuire will have his first camp as New South Wales head coach this weekend, and he extended an invite to Jack White, and the pair are quite close, um, having developed a friendship last year while Michael Maguire was assistant coach at the Raiders, and they've been in constant dialogue. And look, my gut feel on Jack Wyden is that if he's playing well and he's picked, he'll play. He'll put his hand up for Origin this year. However, mm. um, he's indicated to Michael Maguire that he won't attend this camp this weekend just because... He's not exactly sure of of where he's going to land. He wants to put his focus into South Sydney and, and start well for the Rabbitohs and, and try and perform well at, at his new club. But, you know, those at South won't stand in his way. Those at South believe that he'll play if he is picked. So um, it was a really out-of-the-blue call last year for Jack Wyden to pull out of the representative arena. Um, reading to that what you may, the public line was, oh, no, I want to throw all my eggs into the basket of trying to win uh, a grand final at Canberra before I go. And I owe Canberra that much, having given so much service to, to the club before um, he signed for South Sydney. So, yeah, an interesting one. But, you know, forty about 40 players will be there this weekend at Sydney Olympic Park for Michael Maguire to have a meet and greet, essentially. That's what it is, to run through plans, to introduce the new staff because it's a totally revamped staff. Obviously, Brad Fittler's gone. Our very own Brandy's gone. Um, from the that New South Wales setup, over uh, who've been there the last couple of years, and Michael Maguire, Brett White, John Cartwright, you know, a, a new head of performance in sort of Andrew Gray, Frank Panisi from the Storms there. Um, so that it's a completely different look for for the Blues. Queensland will also have one this weekend, um, but under you know RLPA rules and and the like, there's no contacts. So it's not a it's not a training session. It's yeah. more of a meet and greet. I don't mind it. Um, considering it's such a new coaching staff for, for the Blues to get everyone in, to um, introduce, to talk about expectations and, you know, what the Blues camp will potentially look like so that they don't have to distract the players, I guess, with it during the season in the lead-up to Origin. What about the, I mean, in terms of the personnel that was or going to be present in this camp, were there any shocks from your point of view? Has it actually been named? No, it's it's not a... It hasn't been named formally yet. Clubs have been told who's been invited. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, you know, the one, Joseph Swali, he's been invited and apparently will attend, which is only interesting because of the fact that he's only got 12 months left at the Roosters before he he switches codes. So yeah. um, out of 40 players, I don't think there's going to be – there's no bombshells or shocks or whatever the case may be because it's 40 players. So it's a, a bit open-ended. Um, so, yeah, that's – Nothing of no, and you know, there's no guarantee that any like you can be picked outside of this squad yeah. to play Origin. Yeah, for sure. Uh, for SEN, particularly for SENQ listeners, um, this morning, bit of breaking news last night that in Brisbane's Courier Mail that Cameron Smith has pulled the pin from Queensland. Yeah, Peter Bedell broke that story in the Courier Mail last night. So interesting one um, from Cam Smith. It's probably more around his media commitment, I, I guess, as well to, um, you know, he's part of the, the host broadcaster there on Channel 9. 
whether or not that played a, a part in it, I'm not sure, but um, he'll be back on air here at some stage. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, vividly remember during Origin period doing live crosses from Origin camp. He was still doing his radio show. So, mm. um, yeah, it, of course, the captain's run will be back on SEN this year. Um, Cam Smith, he's he's been great, actually, uh, listening to obviously a legend of the game, but yep. it gives a quite a frank opinion on the sporting landscape. It's mm. not just footy. Yeah. Um, but he's brilliant. So he'll be a regular again on breakfast with Vossie and Brandy every Monday morning. And, uh, yeah, during that origin period, it's fascinating. I want to just change tack a little bit here. Yeah. $200 million Powerball tonight. Yes. Are you going to, firstly, are you going to buy a ticket? Um, biggest in Australian history. Apparently everyone in the country or at least half of the country yep. is going to have a ticket. Um, and the question we want to know from you, the listener, 0457 736 736 is the Edgewater Homes text line and 1300 01 1170. How would you spend it? And would you tell anyone? Because the experts say that you shouldn't. Yeah. So uh, me and Magnuson have been going on about this because we started, I think it was 100 mil, didn't go off. 150 mil didn't go off. And I'd say I, I would have bought for the, when it was, I think it was 100 mil initially, I said I would have bought a $15 million house and been quite content. And Miss, I was like, that's not enough. You know, I want gyms, I want pools, indoor, outdoor. I want a living chef. I want a nanny. I want, he doesn't have kids. He wanted all this stuff. I'm like, what are you doing? So he wants, out of his 200 mil, he'll spend it. We'll ask him later, but he'll spend it on $150 million on a house. One house. Wow. What about you, Copes? I think I'd focus on, obviously, the perfect house for my wife and kids and, um, Probably make sure that all of our significant other people in our family are debt free mm-hmm. first, and then start. That's nice of you. I'll, I'll, I'll thank you. Hmm. You can thank me. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll buy you a coffee for sure. <laughs> Two hundred mil. <laughs> make it large at least. Uh, but tell us, how would you spend it, and would you keep it a secret? How could you keep hard? it a secret? I had this discussion with um, Mal, who works with me on the big screen. He's the wizard behind the graphics on Seven over the summer, and M. M. Debney, who I was working with at the time too. Mal was adamant that he could keep it a secret from everyone in his life. And I'm like, how could you possibly not be just having things appear in your life that you've bought of significance, like a new car, living holidays, living in a different place. It was adamant that he could create this optical illusion that his life was the same. What, just don't tell people where he lives? Because (laughs) if you're winning 200 mil... You're moving house. Yeah. Aren't you? Yeah, I mean, I am, for sure. I don't know what you'd have to... I'm I don't assuming know how the m- experts don't want you to announce it or talk to people who could I wouldn't be putting it on Twitter, but I'd yeah. be doing it and I'd be I'd be telling and looking. As you said, you have to look after the... $200 million, if you're not looking after your family and friends, yeah. you're a shit bloke <laughs> or a shit person. Aren't you? Yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree. Anyway, let's move on to some sport. Uh, Mitch Marsh last night, along with Ash Gardner, the two winners of the big awards at the Australian Cricket Awards. Mitch Marsh, the Allen Border medalist, and Ash Gardner winning the Belinda Clark medal. Um, Ben Horn had the story yesterday in the Daily Telly. He had some predictions out there. I thought Pat Cummins was going Mm. to win. Um, He was the ICC Player of the Year. But uh, we'll talk a bit more in depth out of 6.30, but... Um, firstly, your initial thoughts on the two major award winners and, you know, 
let's talk the acceptance speech and the, the bigger picture a little later. Uh, I think it, it's interesting the fact that not only did um, Mitch Marsh win the AB medal, but Usman Khawaja got pipped for the Test Player of the Year, so the two big awards by the yep. ICC. Nathan Lyon took out the Australian um, Test Player of the Year award, whereas Usman won the ICC Test Player of the Year, and Pat Cummins won the ICC Player of the Year, and um, that went to Mitch Marsh, but... It's one of the great feel-good stories, isn't it? Yeah. And I don't even don't even know the guy, right? So you you have a better understanding of of what he's like and a, a glimpse of to why he's been. We're, we're starting to understand now, probably from the the Ashes doco and since then, why he was a constant in the Australian test or Australian teams, even if he wasn't playing, um, because of what he brings. And now he's found his groove um, in the um, international arena. Yeah. The Footage from the test doco in the change room during, you know, tense environments where he's playing like a DJ in mm. the change room. You know, that's the real Mitch Marsh. And we saw a bit more of that last night in his acceptance speech. We'll bring you that out of 6.30. It was, <laughs> it was just fascinating for all the right reasons. One of the great acceptance speeches. The, the final tally, 223 votes for Mitch Marsh. Pat Cummins in second on 144 votes and Steve Smith in third on 141, a significant margin of victory. Um, so Mitch Marsh, firstly, congratulations on an unbelievable return to the test arena, becoming captain of the white ball formats at different times and playing a significant role in a World Cup victory as well. Uh, a hell of a season, a hell of a year for Mitch Marsh. We've had some early text reaction MC. This one from the Port Adelaide Dragon, 0457 736 736 is the Edgewater Homes text line. We're saying... If you won the 200 million Powerball tonight, what would you spend it on? Port Adelaide Dragon says, Morning, lads. If I win the Powerball, I'm buying the Cronulla Sharks and relocating them to Iran. (laughs) 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 Using power and money to, uh, yeah, remove them. (laughs) Remove them from the equation. Yes, yes. (laughs) That is a a good one and spoken like a true Dragons fan. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, see, that's why you're such a wordsmith MC. You didn't even realize saying out of the blue to describe the news, Jack Whiten being out of the blues. Genius from the Port Macquarie. Didn't I? Nah, 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 We started early with that, Chuck, have we? <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, we've got a text from Peter about, uh, a missile who's going to join us today on the Russian figure skater and the band there. So, yeah, we'll absolutely get to that. Yep. And we'll read your full text out when Missile's on air with us, potentially. Um, just before we hit a break, um, the rock concert in the domain. Now, th- we've talked Powerball. We've talked a bit of other stuff. But there was a concert that was going to go on in um, the middle of Sydney on Anzac Day. Not referenced an Anzac Day concert specifically. Mm. Um, but it's been cancelled due to backlash over it being held on Anzac Day. So, I mean, it was Alice Cooper, Deep Purple, Blondie. They were all planning to be there. And then Chris Minns pulls the pin on this. But just generally, without going too deep into the story, events on significant days of respect, to me, this is a non-starter. It's, there are, if you don't want to celebrate or you don't want to be a part of Anzac Day ceremonies, it doesn't mean you can't be respectful and mm. still live your life. We are in Sydney. It's like being in New York. There are things that are going on everywhere that are not inclusive of everyone, but they're still being respectful. Yeah. It's 
interesting because just down the road at, at Moore Park is the annual Anzac Day clash between the Dragons and the Roosters. And yeah. I think we see there a great, um, great deal of respect shown yeah. for the day, uh, a great deal of respect shown for the occasion and um, the uh, how we're able to commemorate the the Anzacs and everything that's gone on. And I think it's turned into one of the great showpieces of Australian sport and Australian culture where we can blend the two things together in such a respectful way. Yeah. And anyone that's been to an Anzac game, an Anzac day game, even if you're a neutral, it, it, you get the tingles before kickoff. Yeah. When, when, when you see the, all, all the things that, that go on before kickoff and, and the like. So I think that's turned into a, a great event. I think it gives people an opportunity to remember, to reflect, share stories, and yep. share stories, and have a have that day become a a real part of sig- significance, which it should be, yes. right? Um, whether or not a rock concert can do that, I don't know. I think it needs to be whatever's on Anzac Day, and if the things are on Anzac Day, I think that needs to be part of it and a key part of it and a, a focal point of any event that's on. Would I stop it? No. Would yeah. I go to it? I wouldn't go to this regardless of what day of the week it was on. It's not my go. Yeah, me right. either. But so, I think the, the point here is need to be respectful, yeah. need to pay your respects. Yeah. But ultimately, uh, what's lost in this is Apex Entertainment. They were committing $10 for each ticket sold to two veterans charities, Wounded Heroes Australia and Legacy. And the total amount would have been 200 grand. So there was a sentiment and a rationale mm. behind it yeah. to recognize those that had lost lives um, and serve their country. So anyway, an interesting story. Tell us what you think. Can there be concerts, sporting events going on in the city while still being respectful? Uh, and should it have been cancelled? Let us know. 0457 736 736. We're here for Brighton's Lawyers. Unable to work due to injury or illness? Contact Brighton's Lawyers. Your texts and calls are next right here on the Home of Sport. SEN's 1170am. Welcome back to Summer Brecky here on SEN 11.70am in Sydney. Cloudy today with a top of 28 degrees in the city and 31 in the west. A reminder, Vossi and Brandy, they're back. Super Bowl Monday, February the 12th. Trent Copeland and Michael Karianis with you in the chairs this morning. Good morning to everyone in Brizzy as well. You're with us for another half hour before Pat and Heels will be along. Partly cloudy up there today with a slight chance of showers this morning. And a top of 30 degrees. The Edgewater Homes text line 0457 736 736. Have your say on the Australian Cricket Awards last night. Did the right people win it? Was Mitch Marsh's speech the greatest acceptance speech of all time? We'll hear that audio out of 6.30. But for now, MC, what have you got on the text line? Yeah, on that theme, Andy says, I love version two of Mitch Marsh. Yeah. Which is probably a, a, a greater understanding for, for the general public, right? So I'm sure you would have seen all this stuff in him before Copes and the yep. the character and um, the qualities that he brought to a, a, a dressing room. Yeah, absolutely. And there was a time during, I think it was 2019, where he made the comment in a presser that, uh, you know, the country hate me, yeah. but hopefully, you know, I love this hat as in the baggy green. Mm. Hopefully I can win them over again one day. Yeah. You know, and now he's being talked about like a cult hero um, and certainly the way he talks in his acceptance speech and just 
you know, there's multiple times this summer where I was interviewing him, talking, analysing the game and at the Gabba, you know, we're talking about the Sunday uh, mm. and I said, oh, what's ahead today? Uh, are we going to look at a victory? And he's like, hopefully a Sunday night in Brizzy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like it's a very real, authentic yeah. Australian yeah. just having a good old crack and, and he's now won the top dog award for Australian cricket. Pretty special. That was sad, that press conference, that one where he said, you know, everyone yeah. hates me. That was like, well, oh. But that's an insight into yeah. what it can feel like, yeah. you know, and it's part of the rhetoric that, that gets around very easily. Mm. A loud minority can become, you know, a quite real prospect in your mind as an athlete. Um, it becomes part of questioning. It becomes part of podcasts, news broadcasting. Mm. So it's it's tough. Yeah. And then you get sledged on the boundary. Um, you obviously then are analysing your own form in your own mind. So it can be a vicious cycle, but this is one of the good stories. This, it, it, this is great. It's one of those comments that you'd expect to hear from a, a touring player and you go, yeah, okay, we do though. Do you know what I mean? Like it, it's something where you go, yeah, okay, well, the crowd's obviously working or the pressure's sort of getting to them, not something that you want to hear from your own players. Yeah. Um, what about this from Michael? Is this Powerball segment a regular for Thursdays now? I think so until it goes off. Well, if it's going to be <laughs> 200 million and 250 million, then yes. And we haven't been able to pick your brain on it. Missile and I have spoken about it at length and um, we've got a contrast in ways on how, how and who and what we'd spend it on. 200 million, you're a bit of a sport nuffy. Yeah. Would I you, mean, would you buy into a Australian sporting franchise? 200 mil is not enough to get you something any good overseas, but what about, well, would you, would you try and buy a share in a sporting club? Yes, absolutely. Um, Any ideas? But, well, I mean, I'm a Minnesota Timberwolves fan in the NBA. Um, you know, a minority stake of that would be unreal. Yeah. You know, that's the sort of thing that I'm not after being complete control or ownership of something in Australia. It would more be um, furthering interests externally in the NBA and the NFL that I love, mm. but you're right. $200 million. Oh, would that get you get 2% of something? Probably. Or? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it would be minimal, but mm. it would be an involvement and that's sort of where I'd go with it. But yeah, interesting times. So if you win $200 million, what would you do with it? There's and who plenty would you of tell? options. Who would you tell? That's what I'm interested in. Not because we'd all spend on, on something, but would you tell your family? Would you tell your friends? Yeah. You'd definitely tell your boss. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> exactly right. You tell them that you're not coming into work yeah. on Monday morning. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six is the Edgewater Homes text line. One three hundred oh one eleven seventy is the open line. We're here for Brighton's lawyers. Unable to work due to injury or illness? Contact Brighton's lawyers. We'll bring you all the big sports headlines of the morning straight after the news, including that Mitch Marsh acceptance speech. <laughs> Thanks, Vanessa. Brecky is powered by Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. If you're just waking up, here is what's making news. Mitch Marsh last night awarded the Allen Border Medal. Plenty of chat about his acceptance speech. If you missed it, here's part of what he had to say. I always go to awards nights and I spray people at table because they haven't got anything prepared um, at an awards night. Um, and I don't have anything prepared, so... Um, I'd like to pay particular uh, thank yous to uh, Ronnie and Paddy. Um, you just, you believe in me, um, and I don't really know. I, I can't thank you enough for just believing in me. And I'm a bit fat at times and I love a beer, but... Um, 
but you see the best in me always, and um, you just, yeah, you've, uh, you've, you've changed my life, so for, for your support, Patty, and your leadership, um, playing under you is an absolute dream, so, um, yeah, thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> Should probably finish there, but um, just quickly to my beautiful family at home, you, I know how proud you'll be, Dad will be sitting having six dubbies at the Coral Bay pub. <laughs> and he'll be telling me to stop crying, so uh, it's probably time to get off the stage, but um, this is a huge honour, AB. Um, yeah, thank you for being here, and I uh, really can't quite believe it, so um, I'll see you on the dance floor. One of the great <laughs> acceptance speeches, it, certainly in Alan Border medal history, Australian Cricket Awards history, but just generally, where does that rank yeah. in terms of acceptance speeches? That is Mitchell Marsh, in a nutshell, serious emotion, family roots, but also one hell of a cricketer with, you know, his humour front and centre, a smile on his face when he plays the game, a fantastically richly deserved award winner last night, our top gong in cricket. Well done, Mitch Marsh. Yeah, it's, it, it was rough, with, <laughs> but genuine and emotion. Yeah. You could tell he was a bit, like you could hear it in his voice that it, that was highly emotive for, for him. Yep. Um, and you know, in a sense that he probably would have got a chance to reflect on his journey since then as, uh, as well. And that all comes to it because it, there's no doubt that had, at some stage he thought his test career at the very least was over. He might've had a place in white ball cricket, but his test career was, was done and dusted. And, um, if it wasn't for the fact for all the things that you, you noted earlier, Copes, in terms of, um, his ability to unite a dressing room and keep things fresh and, and things like that, then he might've been thrown out long ago yeah, and discarded a little bit. And we wouldn't have got to see the best of him and seen him rise now to, um, to, to where he's got to. Yeah. One of the great turnarounds in Australian sport in recent time. Yeah. Public perception, the big turnaround, but his own performances this year have dictated that this award is richly deserved. Ash Gardner wins the Belinda Clark award and Cameron Bancroft topically, was named Men's Domestic Player of the Year on the back of a couple of consecutive big run-scoring years. Uh, Ash Gardner, 147 votes uh, for the Belinda Clark Award. Elise Perry, second on 134. She won the Women's ODI Player of the Year and the Women's T20 Player of the Year as well. Uh, Nathan Lyon, the Men's Test Player of the Year. And Jason Berendorf, uh, the Men's T20 International Player of the Year. So that's the wrap-up of the Australian Cricket Awards. Tell us what you think. Mitch Marsh's acceptance speech, where does it rank in terms of great moments in sport and, and people talking from the heart but having a bit of humour too. MC, some other news that came through last night. Pete Bedell, you said, had it at the Courier Mail in Queensland with Cameron Smith pulling the pin from Billy Slater's Maroons coaching staff wants to focus more on his family and coaching at grassroots level. He's going to be replaced by Matt Ballon. Uh, and you actually picked up the keyboard yesterday uh, in regards to Jack Watton. I did. I did. Right. Um, made a, a, a few phone calls uh, around this. And, um, you know, you, you get the sense that the more people that you speak to, the more that Jack would like to come back and, and, and play Origin, having had 12 months off last year to focus on the Raiders. But... Um, it'll, his form obviously will, will dictate it. injuries around that New South Wales setup. I don't think he's a walk-up start into New South Wales either because if you've got Latrell and Tom Javojevic and Stephen Crichton and Bradman Best, there's your, you know, Katoni Staggs. That's where you're looking at your centres. 
Yeah. Um, but, you know, a big body off the bench like Jack Wyden who can play a, a lot of positions would be handy. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, moving tack to Rory McIlroy. He's softened his stance when it comes to live golf. As I'm sure you would remember MC, and I'm sure you listening at home would know that he was very, very harsh in his takes on live golf at the outset and his stance that he would never be a part of it. Uh, but he's now believing that there should be no penalty for those who want to return and play on the traditional golf tours. Here's what Rory had to say. Let them come back. I mean, I don't, I don't think, I think it's hard to punish people. Um, I don't think there should be a punishment for, I'm obviously I've changed my tune on that because I see where golf is and I see that having a diminished PGA tour and having a diminished live tour or anything else is, is bad for both parties. The faster that we can all get back together and start to play and, you know, start to have, you know, the strongest fields possible, I think is great for golf. MC, do you think the change in stance is potentially money-related or is it the right move for golf? Well, it's probably the right move for golf. I think it could be money-related. I think it could be um, the uh, prospect of not playing against the best consistently yeah. a- as well and, and having that, that challenge where it's, you know, all the best golfers play um, as regular against each other as they can. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Tell us what you think. Rory McIlroy's opinion generally, but even the Live Golf and the PGA Tour, how does it mesh best? Uh, The softening of the stance. Tell us what you think. 0457 736 736. 1300 011170 is the open line. We've got lines open, ready to talk to you. We've got a Signet Boost Power Bank ready to give away. 1300 011170 is that number. We'll get to all of your feedback on this morning's stories in just a moment. We're here for Brighton's Lawyers. Unable to work due to injury or illness? Contact Brighton's Lawyers. Welcome back to Summer Brekkie with Trent Copeland and Michael Karianis on SEN 11.70am in Sydney. Cloudy today with the top of 28 degrees in the city and 31 in the west. And good morning if you're in Brizzy. You're with us for another 15 minutes before Pat and Heels will be along after that break. Partly cloudy up there today with a slight chance of showers this morning and a top of 30 degrees. Uh, on the football desk this morning, MC, Ange and Tottenham are in action. Football desk music. Uh, in the 16th minute of that game, Tottenham v Brentford. That's nil all. And Man City are taking on Burnley. So it's 22 or 21 games into the season and the current standings. Liverpool in first position with Arsenal, Man City and Aston Villa. Then Tottenham in fifth position. So an important game this morning. You would think that they're expected... Ange and Tottenham to get over Brentford. Um, we've been asking just before the break, MC, yeah. on the greatest acceptance speeches you've heard in sport on the back of the audio of Mitch Marsh last night accepting the Allen Border medal. Very authentic, very jovial, uh, but also showing the family roots and really just who Mitch Marsh is as a person to his teammates. Mm. Um, we've had plenty of texts coming in on 0457 736 736, but I'll kick us off with Ben, who says Kevin Durant accepting his first MVP is a great speech. We dug up the audio in the break. You wake me up in the middle of the night in the summer times, making me run up a hill, making me do push-ups, screaming at me from the sideline of my games at eight or nine years old, 
we wasn't supposed to be here. You made us believe. You kept us off the street. You put clothes on our backs, food on the table. When you didn't eat, you made sure we ate. You went to sleep hungry. You sacrificed for us. You the real MVP. That's Kevin Durant in reference mm. to his mom. Yeah. During the MVP speech. That, again, authentic, you know, speaking from the heart mm. and the emotion. Yeah, good text, Ben. And keep those rolling through if you have any other nominations. A, a few around um, Powerball. This, <laughs> I think this one's for you, Copes. There's no name to it, so put your name to it. Fellas, if I win $200 million, I'd buy SEN and fire you both. Uh, come on, have I'm all for people having a dig. Come on, come at me, but tell us who you are. I like I like this one from Aristomed. I'd buy South and then bankrupt them. <laughs> uh, you were in sync with your your laugh grab there as well. Uh, Pedro the Rooster has texted and said, "Here's your headline, MC: Queensland camp in disarray as Slater and Smith rift widens." <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're already in crisis, the Queenslanders. Is that what happens all year round now? Yeah. Well, I mean, inevitably, there'll still be a sickness come origin time. Yeah. That one's for the yep. SENQ listeners. This one from Michael. Mitch Marsh was on the Howie Games podcast a couple of years ago, and it gave a real insight into him. Honest, open with the highs and lows. Yeah. I mean, Howie has a great rapport with everyone that he brings on the podcast mm. and has an ability to, to get in to the authentic self and Mitch Marsh. I haven't heard that particular episode. I might go back and listen to that, but great to see just that authentic truth coming forward. Um, and that's how people are starting to view him. Yeah, no doubt. Kiri Billy Panther on um, speeches. Cameron Smith losing speech post 26 grand final, uh, 2016 grand final was all class. I agree with that. Yeah. I don't remember it word for word, but the the sentiment, the ability to sit in, a, a, you know, in your face, kicking the teeth, defeat, yep. and come up with that sort of dignity and class. Yeah, that's what sports all about, and leadership. You know, in those tough moments, and a recognition of what the sharks had. Yeah, and what it meant. To what their it club. meant to the club and their fans, and yep. um, the significance of the sharks breaking that premiership drought. So no doubt there, and um, you know, it was a bit of villain at times, Cameron Smith, and particularly that moment where he got Simbin against the. The Sharks um, at, at Shark Park. But no, that was a, a good moment. Uh, then James has texted in and said, when I win, in reference to Powerball, I'd keep working driving the bus, probably for only a week or two as all the arrogant, rude Muppets that get on will be given the right old gob full <laughs> back. Then a secret place to live with friends will be blindfolded when visiting. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Very good, James. Very good. Well, let's hope the Powerball does go off tonight. Uh, MC's not getting involved. Um, I might if I can find my way. Sounds, are you? Yeah, we'll be here. Yeah. Hey, best marketing campaign of all time. You've got to be in it to win it. Yeah. <laughs> They've done very well. Breakfast is powered by Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building to Australia together. It was on this day in 1981 when one of the most infamous moments happened in cricket. What was it? Well, we'll tell you in just a moment. Welcome back to SEN Summer Brecky. Trent Copeland and Michael Carianis with you. Five minutes to seven in Sydney, five to six in Brisbane. MC, it is the 1st of February. Mm. And 
Plenty of big moments. You always come prepared. Yeah, my keyboard has been on fire. <laughs> what have you got for <laughs> in us? In 1960, Australian tennis great Rod Laver claims his first Grand Slam, beating fellow Australian Neil Fraser in five sets. In 1981, what a moment this was. Australian cricket captain Greg Chappell sensationally instructs his younger brother Trevor to bowl underarm to Brian McKenzie with New Zealand needing six off the last ball to tie the match. McKechnie, sorry, to tie the ball in the last... Uh, to tie the ball... <laughs> Let me just try it again. Okay. In 1981, Australian cricket captain Greg Chappell sensationally instructs his younger brother to bowl underarm with New Zealand needing six off the last ball to tie the match. It looks to me as if they're going to bowl underarm off the last ball. Rod Marsh is saying no, mate, but I'm sure he's going to bowl an underarm delivery on the last ball and bowl it along the ground and be sure that it has not been hit for six. The umpires have been told... The batsmen have been told, and this is possibly a little bit disappointing. Let's make sure it is an underarm, but I've got the feeling as a big ex-Victorian skipper, we're going to bowl an underarm. We have believed it. And that's a disappointing finish. Disappointed Brian McKechnie, the crowd boom, and it's all over. Let me just tell you what I think about it. I think it was a disgraceful performance from a captain who got his sums wrong today. And I think it should never be permitted to happen again. Mm, interesting. So we will have Greg Chappell joining us later on in the show. We might reference that. I'm, I'm sure he's never spoken about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's going he's to break his silence yeah, exactly. with us on Summer Breakfast here, Copes. Um, <laughs> SEN's own Matt Rogers is 48 today, born on this day in 1976. Skibaletti. Ben Taylor. Gone wide for Heimler. Rogers! He's away! They won't get him! He's inside the 20! Matty Rogers! He puts the seal on a marvellous day for Andrew Eddinghausen and the Cronulla Sharks. They are dancing in the streets of Cronulla even now. From Carrick Bar to Sullivan to Miranda. <laughs> what a pl- what a call. What yeah, a player. What a, call. what a player Matt Rogers was. Dual international. Yep. Um, silky skills. Uh, outstanding for the Sharks, Wallabies, and finished in the Gold Coast. Now doing a great job for SEN on radio. That's right. And in 1982, Late Night with David Letterman made its debut on American television. You're a Letterman fan? I've watched oh, bits and pieces of it. I was more of a Jerry Springer fan. Oh, uh, yeah, right. I just used to love what, <laughs> how much it meant to the American public. Everyone used to watch those mm. late night shows and, and still do. Uh, anyway, if you're listening to us through SENQ 693am in Brizzy, we're now going to say goodbye. Patton heels are up straight out of the break. Just an update on the sports soccer desk this morning in Man City. 2-0 up early against Burnley and Tottenham down 1-0 against Brentford. If you're listening through SEN 1170 AM here in Sydney, there's plenty more to come. Stay with us. Straight after the news, we'll hear from Steve Smith, who hit back yesterday at those critical of his performance at the top of the order.